everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we're reading 1 Samuel 3 and 4, answering the questions, how does God speak? And have you ever been fearful to share a message God is impressing upon your heart? When I was first called to ministry, I was terrified to tell my parents, which made zero sense because they were nothing but supportive in the end. But I remember it clear as day. It was my sophomore year in college, January, around New Year's to be specific, so about halfway through the school year. And I was home for vacation and found myself back at the camp I'd worked at the previous summer. I was sitting at a picnic table doing my quiet time, the same picnic table I'd met with the Lord at all summer. And it was on this pretty average January day that I remember the Lord clearly impressing it upon my heart that vocational ministry was for me. And I was terrified. This was a big shift. And for a little bit, I kind of swept that call under the rug. I was uncertain how others in my life would respond. It wasn't until a few weeks later when I was at the Passion Conference that the Lord again impressed this call to vocational ministry on my heart. But this time I was more convicted. I had known for quite some time what God was calling me to do, but had been hesitant to share that call with others or to take an action step. Have you ever been there? You know that God is calling you to take some next step of faithfulness, but you hold back because you're not sure how others will respond. Maybe it feels uncomfortable, unknown, unsafe, or just terrifying. When we know God is calling us to do something and to share it with others, we are disobedient when we delay. We miss out on what God has for us and others miss out on the opportunity to respond, partner with us in ministry, encourage us or challenge us. How do you respond when God speaks to you? And more specifically, how does God speak? In today's chapters, 1 Samuel 3 and 4, we see God speak to Samuel. At first, Samuel thinks Eli, the priest, was speaking to him, but it was actually the Lord. The Lord spoke to Samuel four times, and it took him a while to figure out what was going on, which just makes sense. Samuel was a kid. He was young. He didn't have a lot of previous experience chatting it up with God. Nevertheless, God spoke to him. And God didn't just speak like this thundering voice in the sky. No, the text reads in verse 10, the Lord came and stood. The Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak for your servant hears. What did it look like for the Lord to come and stand before Samuel calling out to him? I don't know. And scholars don't know. They've got guesses, but we just don't know. All we know is that we serve a God, a communicative God who is willing to come and stand before a young boy. The God of the universe walked into the room, so to speak. Though our God is big, he is also personal. He communicates with his children. One commentator puts it like this. The God of the universe wants to walk into the rooms of ordinary people to speak to them because he loves to speak with his people. The book of Samuel is about God speaking to his people, about his love, his plan, and his people's sin. But the book of Samuel, I think he's referring to first and second, the book of Samuel ultimately reveals God's plan to heal their sin in Jesus. He concludes, if it is true that God speaks, then we must ask, how does God speak to us? How does God speak? Number one, his voice, the spirit of God. Number two, his word, the scriptures. Three, his people, the church. Number four, his world through creation. And number five, his son, Jesus. 
Since we don't have a ton of time, I'll just give you a sentence or two for each of the five. How does God speak through the Spirit? In the Old Testament, as is the case in today's reading, we see God speak out loud audibly to people. But when Jesus came, he told them that when he went away, the Spirit of God would come to teach them or guide them into truth. It's John 16, 12 through 14, which reads, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So God spoke through his son. He speaks with his voice here in today's chapter, and he speaks through his spirit, but he also speaks through his word, the scriptures, which are his primary way of communicating with us. One theologian puts it like this. When referring to the triune God, communication, in quotes, can't be simply a transferring of information. It is always more than that. The triune persons share life and delight, love and joy, as well as knowledge. God's eternal communication is the eternal self-giving of the person in the profound oneness of being that is the triune Godhead. It is in Jesus that God's direct address and its mediation through human agency come together in a remarkable way. He is the word made flesh, which is John 1, 14. So God has spoken audibly. He speaks through his spirit. He's spoken through his son. He speaks through the word, and he also speaks through his people. J.D. Greer wrote, Consider for a moment that God gives his people the great privilege of speaking the word of God to one another, not in a way that we provide new information about God, the church, or the world, but rather that we teach and encourage one another in life through Christ and his scriptures. Think about today's passage, starting in verse 15. Samuel lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, here I am. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And Eli said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Samuel was afraid to share with Eli the message God had shared with him. But by sharing rather than concealing, Samuel was able to help Israel learn about the consequences of sin. And lastly, God speaks through creation. Take a look at Romans 1.19. How does God communicate with people who don't know him? Romans 1.19 reads, or really starting in verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Verse 19, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Paul's point here in Romans is that lost people are without excuse for their sin because God reveals his existence to them through nature. He communicates through nature, his creation. We also see this in Job 12 verses 7 through 10, Psalm 96, 11 through 12, and Psalm 19, 1. We will also link the Romans 1 Join the Journey episode in today's episode description. So to summarize, how does God speak? 
His voice, the spirit of God, his word, the scriptures, his people, the church, his world, creation, and his son, Jesus. But when we think about God's communication with people, we can't forget the main point. God desires to communicate with people because he loves them. Sometimes, as is the case in today's reading, God delivers tough news. But let us not forget that he came and stood before a young child. He draws near to his children, young or old, because he loves them. So what if, what if you're having trouble hearing from God? Maybe you, like Samuel, need to seek out an older and more mature Christ follower, just like Samuel had Eli. Do you believe God wants to speak to you? As Samuel said in chapter 3, verse 10, speak for your servant is listening. What's your attitude, your posture? Spend some time waiting on the Lord, orient or position yourself to hear from God. Slow down and sit with him. And lastly, could your own sin be hindering your ability to hear from God? That was the case for Eli and his sons, as we saw in chapter two. One commentator said, sin either stops up our ears from God's voice or makes God's voice terrifying rather than comforting. Sin causes us to fear God's voice rather than to love it. Think about Adam and Eve. When they sinned, God's voice became a source of anxiety and fear rather than of hope and companionship, he concludes. So as we close, spend some time asking yourself how you think about God's voice. When was the last time you talked with him? What's your attitude? Is there any sin in your life tainting the way you hear God? Remember, the God of the universe wants to speak with you, wants to speak with and to you because he loves you deeply and he's given us his word. As believers, the call on our lives is to share that with others. Don't hold back. That's all we've got time for, but as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.